Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts and brothers, Brian. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Jeffrey. Hey, good morning. How's everyone doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Brian, how are you doing? Absolutely sensational. It's funny because right before we started recording, you were talking about how miserable you are. Fake it till you make it. Yep, that's what, I, that's what I'm doing. Um, cool. Well, let's just jump right into the topic because we're going to try to cram a couple things in here today. Uh, phrasing. Um, let's go ahead and uh, I'm going to have uh, Jeff walk us through what we're doing. Okay. Uh Yeah, so our primary topic today is going to be uh, Denzel Washington, talk about his filmography, you know, best, worst, um, and everything in between. And then we're going to talk about some of the updates. We skipped last week's episode um, due to scheduling conflicts, and so we have a lot to talk about, especially with the Super Bowl and all of the upcoming films that uh, got updated trailers. So we have a lot to talk about. On that aspect, before we jump into recommendations and then, of course, the segment where my brothers compliment me mandatorily. Um, Awesome. So we're going to jump right into uh, Denzel Washington. Brian, why do you think that Book of Eli is Denzel Washington's worst film? What? I I don't think that. I think it's it's way up there. It's one of his best, actually. Um, Maybe maybe it'd be worth starting here just touching on Denzel Washington's you know, like what what makes him successful, what, you know, what has him pop. I think most people who've seen Denzel knows that that guy is really captivating on screen. Um, something notable about him, you don't see him do a whole lot of sequels. Um, I'm sure Tyler will have uh, Equalizer too. Thoughts on that? Well, not a whole lot. That's why I said <laughs> not a whole lot of sequels. But for the most part... Um, Wasn't he in the sequel to Glory? Was the, the sequel to Glory. <laughs> the hell are you talking about? That literally dies horribly at the end of the movie. Sorry. Spoilers. But anyway, spoilers from that movie from the 80s. You know, I mean, I, I will say he does really die in, in a fair bit of his films, which might help with the whole sequel thing. I think it was just something about his, like his, the way he operates is he doesn't do a whole lot of sequels. But anyway. He doesn't really lend fresh. himself to a lot of movies that, like, would have sequels you know what i mean like what what franchises has denzel washington been a part of that's not really his thing you know exactly I mean? I, i'm saying it's intentional he's very like, careful no, with his we're with saying his the same thing here yeah i don't know i think it would be sick if he did like he he was a villain in black panther 2 or something like that though um but anyway um yeah what is it about denzel washington that is so captivating or like what really makes him pop on screen I really don't know what it is. Um, I think I've already said on this on this show before, Denzel Washington is just like one of those actors that anything that he does, um, I'm going to watch it. You know what I mean? I don't think that the movie of his has come out um, in recent years that I haven't, maybe I haven't gone and seen it in theaters, but as soon as it comes out somewhere, I'll either rent it or find it wherever it's streaming um, because I definitely need to catch up with it, you know? Um, I find him to just be very interesting to watch as a performer. I think we've talked about how he, he kind of doesn't bring a lot of like, he's not a character actor in that he doesn't bring a lot 
like variation to the, to the screen. screen. Like he's yeah, very, he's very similar from role to role for sure. But it's enjoyable. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's in the same way that Robert Downey Jr. doesn't like. He's not different characters every time he's right. on screen. He's, not- he's basically just fast talking. I mean, like there's a difference between like a movie star and a character actor, right? right. Like a character actor is someone who who is doing something like Gary Oldman or something, you know what I mean? Like every time he's on screen, he's doing something extremely different. Um, and then there's somebody like Matthew McConaughey, Robert Downey Jr., Denzel Washington, yeah. that you're literally casting because they're so captivating, captivating yep. to watch that um, you're kind of just hiring them to bring that to the screen and people are going to pay to see that, you know? Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I think it is. And Denzel Washington might be, like, the best, like, example of that. Because I think it, no matter what character he's playing, um, I just... Every time, I'm I'm completely... I buy in immediately, you know? It's what um, Brad Pitt has become, I think. If you look at Brad Pitt's, like, early filmography... Um, he's really with, trying to be a character actor. <laughs> fight, with Fight Club and Troy. And they, he's got some, some varied roles in there. But now, I feel like he is just fully embrace the Denzel Washington approach of like I'm going to be basically the same guy in every movie with a different name and you're going to enjoy it anyway you know yeah for sure so so definitely Um, not a criticism in any way but yeah no but it seems like some of those guys around that same age do that same style these days yep yeah crazy to think Denzel Washington and Brad Pitt are probably pretty close in age aren't they um well yeah um so I mean, do we want to get into it the way that we've been getting into it? I'm not going to go through each movie. I think Good. we just we just kind of talk on like the best and the worst yep. ones. I've got a couple that I, I think I want to touch on. I mean, we can still I go mean, at least semi chronologically, but should we just start with like the one that made him a star and just start with Glory? I mean, I already brought it up. It's a Civil War movie about the uh, the first Black Regiment. Um, and Matthew Broderick, you would think, would be like the star in it, you know. Um, but instead, you get Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington, both in the same movie, um, really stealing the show. And specifically, Denzel Washington becomes a household name after this movie. Um, and I mean, for good reason. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I still know that performance. You know oh, what man. I mean? Like it's burned into my brain because it's just so powerful, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, did anyone have anything to say on that one? I mean, the film as a whole is, is you know, what such a star-studded cast of people who are prominent today. Um, and I, I think this movie is fantastic. And I, I do think that Denzel Washington does stand out specifically um, for the role that he plays in this film. Definitely, as far as looking back on his filmography, it's the first film that I recognize um, mm-hmm. him for. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, – I'm not going to say that it's his best performance because it is an ensemble cast film. Um, and and right. I think that the, the film itself is very powerful. It didn't have as many uh, powerful scenes, individual scenes, where he was able to really shine, like some of his later performances that really leaned into his stardom. Yeah. yeah. I, I um, Personally, like I, I just remember the scene where he's getting whipped – Yep. for going to find boots and you just like the look on his face just sticks with you you know and the way he was able to deliver the emotion in that scene and in, in, in that film is you know the, no surprise that that's a role that put him on the map for sure 
Yeah, that's for sure the moment I was talking about when I said that that performance is burned into my brain. I'll yeah. never forget like the first time I saw that movie and just like like watching that scene and it's so so like visceral and upsetting to watch a man whip another man and then like to just see Denzel Washington like making eye contact with Matthew Broderick and just be like fuck you. He's not, <laughs> he's not even it. making sound. He's just just taking no, it his back is so heavily scarred from doing it a bunch yeah, like Oh my god. It's so yeah impactful yeah. scene for sure it's really moving and extremely upsetting but just you know and yeah Den- that's the moment you know that denzel like really kind of solidifies himself i think in, in at least in my mind you know i i at that point when i'd seen that movie denzel washington was already like a mega star in my mind you know but mm-hmm. seeing that and finding out later that that was his first film, it's kind of like wow, he was fully formed out like out the box. You know, was that his I mean? first like, film? No, certainly no, was his not first, his first major film. first. No. Uh, did I say first film? I meant first major film. Sorry, that that was his first like huge yeah. release. Yep, and um, I don't know if we gave a definition of of the movie, but uh, it was about the Civil War's first all black uh, like volunteer regiment. I, I said that didn't I? So I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I said it, but yeah. um. Cool. Well, uh, do we want to move on? I mean... Yep. I mean, the next film that I, I think that he really uh, pops off the screen is is uh, Malcolm X. Sure. Spike Lee. Yep. A few years later, um, but it's like one of his first like starring roles where he's carrying the film on his name. You know what I mean? It's like Denzel Washington is Malcolm X. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I can remember that poster. I mean, this movie came out when I was two, so it's not like I remember seeing it in the theaters, but like I know it right like i you know i can picture it um really good movie i mean this movie it is good um and denzel is good in it i think this is probably spike lee's my this is my favorite movie of spike lee's i think it's where he's like really like i feel like he's at the height of his powers as a director and he's doing really interesting stuff behind the camera there's some like moments where they have denzel and he's like walking down the sidewalk but they have him on like a on like a cart and they're rolling him so it's like a camera fixed on his face as he's walking but it looks like he's floating along the sidewalk as he's passing people Mm. um there's just some like really interesting stuff that they did in the movie um that i don't know this is one of spike lee's directorial efforts that has really stuck with me since you know since i saw it but really good the, Sorry, Jeff, you have thoughts? No, I mean, I, I love Malcolm X. I think I, I think that film's really good. I can only say, I, I can say I've only seen it once, um, but it was, it did leave an impression. Like Gloria, there's there's a lot of moments in that film that, that make you think, I mean, it's it's a very pivotal time in American history. And, and having got into it after, you know, learning about the civil rights movement, um, seeing those performances kind of acted out by a, you know, one of the best actors. It's, it's um, a really excellent retelling of events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah um, so from there he does um, I don't know some so, more like I, lower budget stuff two films that I want to touch about touch on here the next film that he does immediately after Malcolm X is Much Ado About Nothing which I don't know if you guys have seen but it's his first Shakespearean performance mm-hmm. uh, the, the guy likes Shakespearean films and, and I, the reason why I bring this up is because I want to touch about his last his most recent film eventually did but you see it I, I haven't, haven't watched it yet. I haven't I actually didn't even realize it came out it snuck out on me so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it later today but um, it's on Apple TV right now and I don't have Apple TV so I want to watch it but Much Ado About yeah. Nothing uh, another ensemble cast film 
the, the unique thing about this one is it's actually told in like Shakespearean dialect, so it can actually be really hard to follow along. Um, but uh, almost immediately after that, you know, a couple other films, but right into Philadelphia, which is wow. Pelican Brief. Can we okay. first just talk about the much to do about nothing cast? Like, my God, the names in this movie. Yeah. He Keanu Reeves cast. is in this movie. He's the villain, yeah. Go ahead. Who else? Uh, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh, Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Keaton plays like a weird, like, beetlejuice and police wow. commissioner. It's super funny. In the 90s, so Michael Keaton was originally, not, not that we're talking, oh, fuck, we should have done Michael Keaton. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Michael Keaton started as like a stand-up comic, you know? So he like was doing like a really weird stuff. And then in 1989, Tim Burton was like, you know who I think could play <laughs> Batman? <laughs> the stand-up comedian. And then everybody lost their fucking minds and was like, what? Why would you cast this guy? Um, and then obviously he was great. And, sure, but this uh, is four years yeah, after but that. Then, right. So then in the 90s, I think he went back into being like, no, I just kind of want to do like, weird shit. Like, I want to go back to being like kind of a weird guy. But anyway, yeah. Um, that is a good cast. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. I think I watched it in like a high school English class and didn't like it very much. Um, Philadelphia. Jeff, what is Philadelphia? Uh, I need a refresher. Uh, it is... Denzel Washington is a high-powered black lawyer yep. in Philadelphia, and his gets hired by a gay man suffering from AIDS, played by Tom Hanks. Um, and I can't remember what the case is. I think maybe it's gay. It's illegal to be gay. You know, so he gets he gets well, the his so he's the the black lawyer that's defending someone. The person gets fired for because his boss is homophobic. That's right wrongful termination right yes okay i do remember that yeah and then yeah so it, the the real performance in this one obviously denzel washington um is very good in this uh tom hanks is doing some really impressive acting loses a bunch of weight for the role uh because he's like you know suffering from aids and is kind of falling apart um it is a, a very interesting story uh, highly recommend anyone uh, and, to watch it. And this is why I wanted to bring this up as one of the pivotal points in his career, because this is him acting head to head with Tom Hanks, who is like the number one actor at this point in his career. Uh, I would mm-hmm. say like this is kind of like or the- he's ve- this is around the time that like Sleepless in Seattle and stuff like that is coming out. So Tom Hanks is like really high up. But this is both of them kind of breaking into drama right right? like this is like them kind of showing like oh i can do like tom hanks has been kind of relegated to uh rom-coms for a really long time at this point and he's trying to like prove that he's serious and so is denzel and it's kind of the two of them working together to make that happen which yeah it works out um immediately after that crimson tide gene hackman uh for some reason in the 90s america was just obsessed with submarines <laughs> i don't know what was going on but there was a lot of submarine movies coming out around this time uh and this is one of them uh, i don't have a lot to say about it other than that that that's that's what it is um virtuosity i'm pretty sure he's like a a police detective who gets caught in like a virtual reality cat and mouse and i think the bad guy is russell crowe am i right someone check me on that I have not seen this film. Is it Russell Crowe though? Someone, someone tell me. I will look it up. The 
I can't. My, I'm a little bit limited on my computer usage today, so I'm, this is really going to be a test of my memory here. I mean, it doesn't tell you who the villain is on IMDb, so I can tell you who the, the prominent characters are. We've got, it are uh, is Russell Crowe in the movie? Because if you know, he is, then he's like. the villain. We got Viggo Mortensen. We got uh, Gene Hackman, Denzel Washington. Sorry, are you looking at Crimson Tide or Vi- Virtuosity? Crimson Tide. Oh, sorry. I, I'd moved on to Virtuosity. I see. Um, I know who's in Crimson Tide. Don't, don't make me tell you who's in Crimson Tide, boy. Um... I can Russell, I can just Russell tell you. Crow is in. Boom. Uh, I think Holly Hunter might be in that movie too. Uh, it is yeah, very strange. I'm pretty sure. So what they do, the idea is that they create a AI and that AI manifests itself as Russell Crowe and then somehow leaves the digital realm and comes into the into our world and kills people. Mm-hmm. And Denzel Washington has to stop him. I'm pretty sure that's the top. The basically, from from what I'm reading on the IMDb here, a virtual reality simulation was created using the personalities of multiple serial killers, and then the person. Boom! Then, that's right. Like why? <laughs> just one of those things that I just that would be a uh, no. And it's very funny. They explain it in there, and it's just sort of ridiculous. And then it's Russell Crowe playing that, and it's early Russell Crowe making his way over from Australia. This is like pre Gladiator and all that, you know. Um, and it is a very strange performance. Um, I think that's, I'd heard that it was a very weird performance and that's why I checked it out, uh, probably like 10 years ago or something like that. And yeah, it's a forgettable movie. That's kind of unforgettable only in that. I mean, it's forgettable because I don't think about it in my day to day life, but anytime someone says anything that even sort of reminds me of it, I just sort of laugh to myself about it. Um, so Something that Crimson Tide kind of kicks off for Denzel Washington, and a lot of these movies, actually a lot of his movies kind of follow this. He plays um, sort of either like an ex-military or current military figure for a while, or detective. He's really like, I don't know, he almost gets typecast as that kind of character for a while um, here. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, well, he hits like two or three movies in a row here where he's like solving a murder and he's a, or he's a cop or something like he right. definitely flirts with that military cop. It's like ex-con yeah, it's like an action. It's like well, then again, like the '90s. That's all the action movies are. You know what I mean? Like now, there's like no action movies made about police because we collectively have decided that we all hate police. Finally, but you know, and now it's superheroes. So if you want to be an action hero or like an action star now, you're you're in a superhero film, right? Back then, I guess you had to be because like I'm trying to think. Schwarzenegger and Stallone, they're always like ex-military or active police, right? right? So, I mean, I guess that's just how you got to be in the action movies. And Denzel was a good action star. I mean, we're going to get to some of my favorite stuff from him pretty soon here. Oh, damn. Actually, man, he's in so many good movies. Yeah, let's let's skip ahead a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah. What Go else? Ahead. Brian, you haven't talked about any of the films. So out of the, out of the films, I'm assuming you have his IMDb page up. What's, what's the next one that you want to talk about? Well, I know there's a big one for him coming up. Yeah, if, it, if it's me, I'm jumping to 2000. Uh, where, let's see. Remember you don't Titans? want to talk about The Hurricane? Uh, I don't know if I've seen that one. That's the one where he's the boxer. And he's like, love got you, or, you know, whatever. They got me into that, but I'm, love got you in here, but I'm going to bust you out, or something like that. Remember that movie? You used to say that line to me, or say that line, <laughs> if I remember. Uh, you don't I, remember I don't that? Rem- I don't remember it. I don't remember um, movie. So he's like a black boxer and i think it's based on a true story who gets like in prison uh, uh, there's like a 
a white man uh, is like molesting young black boys and he kills him and and then he he goes to prison for it. Or Ruben, like Ruben Carter gets framed for a, a triple murder that he was nowhere near and just corrupt officers basically bribe the jury and do all these things to, to put him in prison and it's the real story of how he ends up vindicating himself or, or getting vindicated through the his fans there you go uh pretty good movie also quick shout out bone collector is a super sick uh, uh detective movie from the 90s and it's early angelina jolie performance it's kind of in the same realm as like seven in like how dark it is um so you're into that kind of shit check it out i like it a lot but that's all i really have to say about it i would also say um, uh no one i've talked about it but he got game also fantastic film mm-hmm. um, it I is like. good yeah i gotta be honest with you because after the, like after that like at some point here we gotta determine where the line is because he just starts dropping bangers dude oh uh, like, it's right here it's like the siege bone collector yeah, hurricane and then it's just like nothing but hits from here yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous like, remember no, the titans in 2000 training day 2001 john q is amazing 2002 yep. antoine fisher didn't he win a academy award for that antoine um fisher? i think he won his academy award for training day or john q for some reason. Well, he just started dropping certified bangers up in here. Like, oh wait, he goes back to being a cop in this one. I don't think I've heard of Out of Time. Um. Oh, Out of Time is good too. That one is like a, uh, it's like a time travel detective story. I think Angelina Jolie's in that one too, actually. No, it's uh, it's um, Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes, yeah. Uh, best actor in a leading role, Denzel Washington Academy Awards, Training Day. Um, yeah, Training Day is where he got his Oscar for. Yeah, he also yeah. got the yeah. uh, Bad Motherfucker Award from BET Awards. <laughs> 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 Just, I don't know why they didn't put that on the DVD box cover. That's way sicker. <laughs> so, so I will say these three films, the Remember the Titans, Training Day, and John Q, are the three films that I think of when I think Denzel Washington. Uh, remember the titans is like this is where denzel washington establishes i'm i'm done being a different character in my movies i'm just going to be this same extremely charming like character (laughs) dominating presence yeah oh man because he plays that same guy like training day obviously he's got that flair of being the gangster or whatever but um, no training day is is probably his most unique performance really like he's basically a, he, or he is the villain right like he's the only movie i think oh no american gangster he's pretty he's pretty evil in that too um but yeah training day he's straight up like a bad person <laughs> he's terrible <laughs> um but so evan mendez is in that movie so oh, yeah. on screen man like my King gosh Kong ain't got shit on me yeah he is that's i mean that movie is absolutely amazing and john Probably. q like is the kind of thing that like like the kind of movie that makes you put your phone down i mean he's just like the whole time there's just so much emotion portrayed and so much like just tense the whole time it's i remember watching that movie went with movie. our dad and watching our dad cry <laughs> and t- repeatedly re- reaching over and just like touching me being like i'll do the same thing for you <laughs> yeah, like you hold was... a host a hospital hostage <laughs> Yeah, the kind For of me? the amazing thing about this is like a lot of these movies, it feels like there isn't a whole lot to the storyline. It's just he just brings like packs such a punch in his role, you know? Like Training Day is literally about the first day of a rookie cop's career. Right? I mean, yeah, if you break it down like that, but there's a lot to it, right? Like totally. it's actually he's not a rookie cop, he's a as if he just made detective and he's he's on uh yeah, he's in, he's being trained. 
He's point is everything out, happens okay. in the span of one day you know oh yeah um Dude, you know John right, Q, i might have to watch trading day tonight that movie is fucking so good it yeah, is john such a q good movie. is literally his kid isn't like on the list for a heart transplant or they don't have insurance or whatever and the kid needs a heart transplant so he just he's not high enough on the list and so he's probably gonna die and he's yeah. just like mm, so he just i know that there's a heart takes coming into this hospital <laughs> like yep but he's like a good dude the whole time just trying to do right by his kid and it's like like it's such a simple concept it doesn't have to be this complex storyline with a guy like this he just drops these just wildly impactful performances like john q man that's that's up there with uh glory for me as far as like just the emotional heartstrings yeah very good movie moments yeah um yeah man of fire mentoring candidate inside man deja vu like every single one of Dude, these is an so film. out of time man on fire is such a hard one two punch right there like man on fire is uh fucking a what is his name um the guy who directed uh, the first mission oh is it tony scott okay never mind i was wrong Uh, anyway man of fire is one of my favorite um denzel washington movies i love that movie i i really love that part um where he has the the bomb. Where he has the bomb ass. in the guy's ass, and the guy's just I like, wish he's like, final request, final request. He's like, you want a you want a final wish? You want one last wish? I wish you had more time. And then he walks away, and you just know that that guy's asshole just got it's gonna explode. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is sick. I love that movie. Um, yeah, Manchurian Candidate is a remake of a Frank Sinatra movie from the fifties. Um, probably the biggest miss here in these years. Um, Inside Man is him with uh, Clive Owen, and he's a hostage negotiator, and there's like a bank heist happening, and he's trying to figure out what the bank, how like how this happened, and you know, kind of stall for time and stuff. Um, it is really good, really really tense. Um, Deja Vu. Oh, you know what? Deja Vu might be the movie I'm thinking of that it's also I, I was calling uh, Out of Time, I thought, was the um, the time travel one. But I think it's Deja Vu is the one I'm thinking of. I think, yeah, this it is Deja Vu is the one that's yeah. got a time travel that's situation right, That's right, on. because it's the um, Paula Patton was, was killing that role. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Um, what is out of time then i don't think i've seen out of time um out of time yeah. is uh a florida police chief must solve a vicious double homicide before he himself falls under suspicion sick i Evan might have mendez, to check that out Washington. oh another eva mendez movie huh yeah. all, right. all right um cool well yeah deja vu is sick i like that i think i just really like tony scott maybe I'm finding out <laughs> and apparently Denzel's a fan as well. Yeah. Um, cool. So right after that, we have another incredible role where Denzel kind of steps out of his persona and, or I guess maybe even leans into his persona because he plays, uh, the heroine Lord of New York, American gangster. Um, I mean, Frank Lucas in American Gangster. And uh, he, uh, I mean, so my college roommate and I used to just like watch this movie once a week. <laughs> I don't know why, but we were both just like obsessed with this movie. Um, it's, 
I mean, people point to Star- Scarface as like one of the best, like you know, rise and fall of a gangster movies. I think this is way better. Um, there's a scene in this movie where I'm pretty sure it's Idris Elba actually um, is the drug dealer who's stepping on his turf, right? And he's like coming up, and Frank Lucas kind of confronts him in the street, and it's just like. Look, man, you gotta you gotta not be doing that in my area. This is my area, and he's like, "You're washed up, Frank Lucas. Like, what are you gonna do about it?" And Denzel just pulls out a gun and shoots him point blank in the face in the middle of the street in front of everybody, and then walks away because he knows he runs the entire street and no one's gonna rat on him. It's such a fucking. It's terrible if that happens in real life, but in the movie, it's it's like, yeah, you fucking rock, man. Like. I don't know what I don't know what the glorification of the violence is in movies that I love because I'm disgusted by it in real life. But yeah, I really like when my characters are hard asses like that. Um, great. Um, Taking of Pelham one one two three is a remake of a movie from uh, I think the '60s. One of Gene Hackman's early roles, if I remember right. Um, so they've remade it. Um, it's about jeez uh, it's a it's like a train heist if I remember right um for some reason I can't I cannot remember I think there maybe it's like a hostage situation it's been a while since I've seen that movie yeah but... uh John Travolta takes over a train and he and uh Denzel Washington's work in dispatch Does anyone and... know what the great debaters is <laughs> I've never heard of this movie <laughs> um I did just read the synopsis like the brief one sentence like summary of it it's basically uh, telling the story of this uh, professor who got an all-black debate team, uh, kind of motivated to, uh, oh. I don't know, enter a competition, and they went up against Harvard in the national championships. Mm, so it's like their, it's like his uh, Dead Poets Dead Society, Poets Society or whatever. totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. I never even heard of it, so hopefully it was good. Um, yeah, so taking a poem, one, two, three, uh, I've seen both versions. Um, I don't think either of them is very good, if I'm honest. Is uh, is this like another Tony Scott movie or something? Taking it the film like, one two three. Yeah. Now now that I'm like knowing about like how much Denzel Tony, Scott. With Tony Scott. Yeah. There you go. I'm like thinking about it. And I'm like, man, this kind of looks exactly like Man on Fire and Deja Vu. <laughs> so it's probably Tony Scott. I just, um, all right. What? I just sorry. Going through IMDb. I didn't realize that. Um, in Black Panther, it's total tangent that uh, young J- uh, young um, fuck. I just forgot his name. How did I do that? Um, Chadwick Boseman. No, the uh, the other actor. T'Chaka. No. Michael B. Jordan. No. If you just give me a second. Wait. Um, you know that's not how my brain works. Young Forrest Whitaker is played by his son Denzel Whitaker. Hmm. That doesn't surprise me, actually. That's because that, like they did. It does look a lot like Forrest Whitaker yeah. in that scene. Um, and then it is interesting that young T'Chaka is played by the actor of old T'Chaka's son. I didn't know did that. You know that? No. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a, a, a one-two double father, double son situation. Uh, I don't know what I was going for. <laughs> Back on track. Uh, d- d- <laughs> The Book of Eli. Um, I think this movie is extremely underrated. As like a post-apocalypse. Really? I fucking hate this movie. The the premise... I'm a big fan of logical consistency. And when you're telling me that there's a blind guy that has God whispering in his ear telling him, no, no, aim the bow a little bit to the left. All right, now fire. 
you know, it just That's doesn't make any it. sense to he's me. Got, he's got, yeah, he's, man, just I also honed his hate skills Daredevil. Over right? Right, Jeff? What? You don't like Daredevil? This isn't, this like isn't Daredevil. Daredevil has supersonic senses based on radioactive waste that has entered his blood. It's not that he just it goes blind. No, it, at no point does it say that Denzel Washington is in communication with God. It just says that he's blind and that he believes in God. Yeah, he's honed his abilities over years of being blind in a harsh world. What, like, what is that's that? Not, You're telling his me that... bow shot is not God being like, here you go, let me help you get this bird for dinner. That's that's when I watched this film the multiple times that you've made me watch it. Uh, that was the the implication that I received from watching this film was no. that it was his hand was being guided by God as if he was. No, some you can literally messiah. see him listening as the yeah. bird like flies past him and then he shoots it real quick. Just really impressive Daredevil level abilities. You're yeah. tripping. You're tripping. I mean, there I I can definitely see that there being a read where they're like, oh, he's he's there's a divine guidance here. Um, I don't, I mean, this movie is almost entirely devoid of religion in, in that, like the universe doesn't like, there's no religion in the universe, whatever. And like Gary Oldman wants to get his hands on the Bible because he's like, you can use this tool to enrich, to control everybody. Mm -hmm. And I like that more as a commentary on what, how religion can be used, you know? And then he gets to San Francisco, hallelujah. And gets it to like this, these archivists and just hands them the Bible. And it's not necessarily like they're going to spread Christianity through the rest of the world. It's more like, oh, now we have this piece of history and we can kind of catalog it and keep it safe. I don't think it was more like, okay, now we have our hands on the Bible and we can restart Christianity or whatever. Sure. I think um, the point was to not restart Christianity, right? Because isn't that what destroyed the world? Isn't that why yeah, they burned all those books? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't the- know. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. The synopsis for the film talks about how he has the book that will save humanity. So I think it's very pro-Christian. Whatever. The sacred book that holds the secrets to saving humankind. So I don't know. What a a weird concept now that I think about it. Because literally they give religion, like the battle, the war over religion as the reason why the world has been destroyed. So the plot then is for him to like protect the Bible in order to save humanity but that's what destroyed humanity so i'm not understanding that concept it seems like a disjointed overall bad plot bad execution and bad acting from everyone except denzel washington in my opinion i like that scene where it's like the opening like he's going on the bridge and he sees the woman tied to a car or whatever and she's screaming and then he gets jumped and it's all shot in silhouette as he just like beats these dudes to like the shit out of these dudes that's looks really good i really mm-hmm. like that also his machete sword situation that he has sick. in this movie is sick um and gary oldman gives another really really weird performance as a villain which he uh he's very good at doing so i like it quite a lot yeah, also isn't is mila kunis in that movie yeah mila yeah kunis gives terrible yeah. acting i, I will say well, this she's not i don't like her as an actress very much she's very pretty but she's not a very talented actress at all she has this new movie that's like clearly like her trying to be like look i can be dramatic and it's like She's like a heroin addict, and she's trying to be clean or whatever. It looks absolutely terrible. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it just to see how bad it actually is. But you know to how Brian's point, it can be. But to, to Brian's point about Denzel Washington being able to give riveting performances over what would otherwise be a, a mundane plot, the next film we have is Unstoppable, in which Denzel Washington and uh, Chris fights Pine, a train. Chris Pine. <laughs> 
go it's to another flip, Tony Scott movie. Go to go to switch a lever to stop a runaway train. I like this movie actually. What did I say? Yeah, it's it? a <laughs> really good movie. It's good yeah, acting, it good. but it's just such a mundane plot. I think it was a really good way for Chris Pine to show that he is more than just like a pretty face who can shoot, you know, yeah. set phasers to sudden kill that, that their roles. And he, but you're right, it is the kind of thing where it's like it's not a complicated storyline. It's just one right. very the world's clean not ending thing that we're dealing with. The world's not like, ending. It's there's a runaway train. This train's gonna cause a problem. It's runaway train. Cool. Like I that's like the it. whole concept. They, he, Tony Scott seems to do that a lot. Seems and, like. and I'll agree with you. I'm not saying this is as bad as Book of Eli, but it is just funny that it's. It seems to me like a mundane plot, and yet he, they do kill it. <laughs> it is a good movie somehow. Yeah. Yep. So I'm sorry. Did you say that that was also Tony Scott? Yep. Wow, I, that's amazing. Actually, it worked together a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, God damn! Every other movie Tony Scott makes is just is Denzel. Someone's got to pull up Tony Scott's IMDb and see if he's made a movie without Denzel Washington in the last 20 years. Um, I mean, after this, it's. I mean, we're getting up to modern day now. Um, we got so after Unstoppable, we got Safe House, which is, um, he's basically James Bond and. Uh, or like some, you know, some special forces spy type situation who's gone rogue and like he's the most wanted man in America. And Ryan Reynolds is a like young, young secret agent uh, who's tasked with just like running a safe house. And then he gets put in charge of taking care of Denzel Washington and it's them in an action movie together. It's basically um, the same thing as Unstoppable where it's like a young, good looking up-and-comer in Hollywood is just counterbalancing Denzel in this role. You know, just yeah. same thing as Chris Pine was doing in the Train movie. Yeah, I like this movie uh, well enough. I mean, it was, it was good. Um, Denzel gets another Academy Award nomination for this next movie, Flight, which is where he plays an alcoholic uh, pilot who, I think, lands an airplane upside down after a goose flies into its engine. Something like that. Um, something like that, yeah. Um and then this comes movie, clean, comes clean about it, about how he had been drinking. Yeah, right. And then they're like, "Okay, well, did this happen because of your drinking, or like, did you actually solve this situation? Should we celebrate you as a hero?" Right. Um, yeah. So, pretty good. Uh, actually, to be honest, I didn't like this movie that much. <laughs> it was fine. I mean, he does a good job delivering the performance, but the performance is basically him just fucking downing gallons of alcohol and then talking about how much alcohol he's consumed. Yeah, there's a reason Denzel is my hero. <laughs> just put him away. Um, just kidding. I mean, there's entire scenes of him as he's driving with just handles of alcohol. It's just like, oh, God. Um, yeah. Uh, dude, I wish I could just, like, drop handles down while driving and just feel comfortable with that. Things um, that you idolize. Yeah, what about it? Um, I will okay. say, in his last probably nine years of filmmaking, even ten, ten years of filmmaking, I haven't been that entranced with much of what he's been doing. I haven't seen either Equalizer. I haven't seen most of what he's done. I've seen every single one of these movies, <laughs> except for Macbeth. Um, Two Guns, uh, I'm pretty sure it's a Michael Bay movie. Mark Wahlberg, Michael Bay, Denzel... Um, it's based on a comic book, Brian. I think we talked about this movie a couple weeks ago. Maybe you brought it up. Um, it uh. is pretty good. I mean, it's fun. It's another cop movie. Uh, Denzel Washington sort of action. 
Oh yeah, Two Guns. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very, very entertaining movie in my opinion. Another Paula Patton one with him. Interesting. Yeah. Um, he uh, it, it it didn't get very well. It's not very well remembered, but I I think it's entertaining enough. I mean, it's, the thing is like any movie that Denzel Washington's in is worth watch or is like like I'm not like if I could prob I honestly if I was trapped on a on a on an island and they were like you can take one actor's filmography uh I would not be upset if I ended up with with uh Denzel's first of all he's in a lot 60 movies most of them are movies that I genuinely enjoy um and I just think that there's something to find in all of his movies you know what I mean as far as like his performance and the way that he kind of exudes um you know his personality is really interesting um we get his first so yeah like you mentioned before I, who mentioned the sequels thing Jeff was that you that's Brian, that's me. That's Brian's Brian? I mean so here's the uh, here's the first movie that he's done that has a sequel uh, The Equalizer um, which is a uh, it's kind of a reboot of a old TV series I don't know if you guys knew that um, but uh, and then they actually did a spin off of this movie um to do a TV series with Queen Latifah last year and I'm pretty sure it got canceled um where Queen Latifah plays the equalizer I guess and then uh yeah they got canceled because everyone's like no nah, these movies are sick but I don't care about the TV show about it um but yeah I, if you guys haven't watched them uh it's kind of like Denzel Washington's uh Taken slash John Wick you know so he's He's really good at hand-to-hand combat. They do really good uh, action choreography. Um, But then also he's like an older guy, uh, you know, kind of falling back into the old life or whatever. Um, Really good. Highly recommend it. Magnificent Seven. Have you guys seen this one? Yes. I think we we all have. Great movie. I like this movie a lot. Oh, did you? Because I don't like it. I think this is actually a really bad movie. I think you and I are just destined to have... (laughs) opinions every movie that you love i despise every movie that i like you hate there's no way that's true uh you despise lord of the rings no you despise star wars no okay yeah watch your mouth um uh magnificent seven is a remake of a of a movie from i think the 70s um where similar to what they did in this one they got just like an incredible cast of people and uh, of cow of people who had played cowboys and then just put them in um in the same movie together uh it is a remake of seven samurai which is an akira kurosawa movie based on a japanese legend um and uh the original is very good very iconic this this remake i just feel like this remake had such a high body count like how many people die in this movie like 200 (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, like at the the last hour of the movie is just watching so many men getting shot. It just it felt like too much to I me. I seem to remember that being a thing too. It's been a while since I watched it, but yeah, I remember the body count being ridiculous. It was like the that Rambo reboot uh, that was just called Rambo, I think, uh, where he at the end of the movie just gets on a Gatling gun and it just, just mows yeah. down. It just seems like, just like a no shortage of guys. Yeah. And it's just like, God damn, Rambo. um uh that being said i have seen this movie twice like i don't hate it i just don't think it's very good um 
I, I, Next. I, hold on. Sorry. Hold on. I like this film, and I, and I want to defend it at least a little bit, push back. Go ahead. I think the only downside of this film, the only thing, the only, I, I don't care about high body counts because of the high body counts are in every single action film that doesn't disturb me. What The only thing I think the, the, the film made a mistake in was killing Matt Bomer in the first five minutes. Um, that is like he's a very talented actor i'd like to see him get more of a, a, a stake Big in hollywood fan of white collar is that the show he's on or suits it's one of the two uh, he's on one of those usa shows I, I like him as an actor and it's just unfortunate i saw him i was like oh it's gonna and then shot in the face and i'm like god damn it uh that being he, said matt bomer looks exactly like the way that they draw bruce, bruce wayne, wayne in yeah, comics don't. he looks exactly like bruce wayne i've it's said over crazy. and over again he should have been a batman i have no, I have. Oh, okay. I, I, I think that he would have been a perfect pick. Honestly, I think that this Batman film... I, I, don't I have think he's rides. too pretty to be Batman. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. I, I don't know. But anyway, Denzel Washington. We get the, reunite, the, the reunion between Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke, I think, since the first time uh, after Training Day, which is fun. We also get Vincent D'Onofrio, who I think is one of the most talented actors in, in Hollywood, uh, playing a very fun role. You get Chris Pratt, who is very funny, playing a, a, a humorous role, as well as uh, Lee Byung Hun, who I, I really enjoy his uh, choreography and performances when he fights. So I don't know. I, I thought this movie overall was a was a big win. Yeah, I agree. Wait, what Tell else you're has Lee Byung Hun been in? Can I recognize that name? Yeah, let me pull up his IMDb. Uh, he was in Squid Game. He was. Oh, the, that's right. Yep. He is the he is the front man. Mm-hmm. But I believe if I don't, I don't want to get this wrong, but he's in uh, GI Joe too. I think that's correct. Yeah, he plays Storm Shadow. He's the bad guy. Yep. 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 Yeah. He's also in the newest wow. Rush Hour. Guys, he was in Red I'm, Two. I got to be honest, guys. I am extremely impressive. Wait, the newest Rush Hour is in the TV series Rush or Hour Four? Rush Hour Four. Wow. I didn't even watch that. I almost watched it the other day, actually. Um, you know what I did watch the other day? I'm not even going to put this in recommendations, so I'm just going to say it right now. He was in Hero uh, as well. Mm, I don't remember him movie. in that movie. His name is Kang in that movie, which I think is a sick name. Kang? Kang. Um, I watched Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights the other night. Yo, those movies are sick. Oh, it's They're a different so... movie named Hero. Oh, okay. It's not. I was like, he's not in that movie. Anyway, uh, I do like that actor. Um, He's very good, and his role as Storm Shadow in G.I. Joe should should have won him an Oscar. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're roaching to the end here. Uh, What are the films? So Denzel Washington next uh, reprises a role from um, from Broadway uh, in Fences, which is a story of two parents who've raised a really talented baseball player, Um, and uh, it is extremely good uh, i highly recommend people watch it um roman j israel esquire is i think denzel doing one of his weirdest performances ever it's really like him stepping away from the denzel persona and uh just kind of being like i don't know just a character uh it's a good movie uh i think dan gilroy directed it pretty good i i i think everybody should watch it equalizer 2 more of the same from the first equalizer just really solid action very good um, did any of you guys watch The Little Things? Came out last year on HBO Max. Um, wasn't that good, uh, to be honest. I don't know if um, 
that actor who played Freddie Mercury and is in Mr. Robot and stuff like that. I cannot remember his name right now, but I don't know if that kid has it. I He's got a very interesting look. I think that he is a talented actor. I just don't think he is talented enough to carry films on his shoulders. I think that he can be a good side character or backup character. Um, I mean, there's a reason that I feel like they cut a lot of his role out of James Bond, No Time to Die, um, because I think that they probably didn't find his performance very compelling. Um, sorry to turn that uh, that statement about that movie into a diss on uh, Rami Malek. That's the actor's name I got there. Uh, and then that brings us up to uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth, which came out in December. Um where most of the cinemas in the Portland area were were kind of like limited capacity and I just did not make the time to go and see it. Um, it is on Apple Plus right now. So if you have an Apple Plus membership, um, I highly recommend that you watch it. I would really like to watch it. Um, I've been considering uh, activating an Apple Plus membership just so that I can watch it. Um, and I just have not done that yet. Um it is directed by, I think, Ethan Cohen and not Joel Cohen, but I could be wrong. But one of the Cohen brothers directed this movie without the other um, for the first time since they found their way into um, Hollywood. And from what I hear, it's absolutely amazing. Um, Denzel obviously plays uh, title role, Macbeth. Frances McDormand playing Lady Macbeth. Um, it looks like visually stunning and yeah I, I, either of you guys plan on watching this uh, I'm curious how they'll, yes. they'll like put him in a Scottish role I mean who you cares know. He'll, I, yeah do you think they're going to make him do a Scottish accent that's what I'm curious about <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I would love to see that <laughs> that would be so funny <laughs> I'm guessing they won't. But. No fucking way. They're not. No one's walking up to Denzel Washington and be like, "All right, man." <laughs> Let's hear you. You put on a brogue. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I, I was about to try to do King Kong and got shit on me in Scottish, and I just don't think I got it. I, I don't think it. I have it. Just yeah. leave it. Um, should we move on to the Super Bowl? Let's yeah, talk, let's talk about, about upcoming. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Super Bowl happened. Um, last weekend and uh like we said earlier we were not able to um really uh talk about it because it just didn't work out with scheduling um so we wanted to talk about some of the trailers that came out um the bigger trailers uh from the from the super bowl um who wants to start where should we start we want to start with dr strange that's the biggest one that that kind of happened right yeah we could talk about Doctor Strange. I mean, it, the the trailer was definitely very uh, illuminating. They they had some pretty major reveals. That even things that I hadn't heard rumored. Things like uh, Doctor uh, Professor X being uh, confirmed. Um, well, I mean, Professor X hasn't been confirmed. Patrick Stewart has, but it would be crazy if they put him in as anything but Professor. Well, X, I mean, right? so so for those who are who are comically illiterate, there's a uh, a. a group of characters, uh, a secret organization from the early 2000s, mid 2000s, uh, known as the Illuminati, that is basically different representatives from the different uh, corners of the Marvel Universe. So you have Professor X, you've got uh, Doctor Strange, you've got Iron Man, um, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic, and Namor, 
and Black Bolt, I think. Uh, and most of those have already been cast in some fashion in the MCU. And we're hearing rumors that, uh, um, what's his nuts, the guy that we talked about, Tom Cruise is going to step in as a Iron Man <laughs> variant. Um, we know that we have a Fantastic Four film coming. We know that Namor has been cast for the new Black Panther. We know that now that that, prof- that Patrick Stewart's come back as Professor. Like it, it seems like they're doing an Illuminati callback to some extent. We know Wanda's in this film. We know Deadpool's in this film. We know all of these different things that are that are being confirmed. Um, it is crazy that I brought up to you guys. Oh, you guys hear this rumor that Tom Cruise is going to be in Doctor Strange? And we talked about it, and we all kind of were like, I just don't see, like, do you think they would do it? I don't know about that. And now that this trailer came out, it's kind of like, oh, shit, they're probably going to, right? I mean, we see, like, the Ultron bots almost, right? right? Like, it looks like Ultron bots, so it looks like maybe he's playing a version of Superior Iron Man, which is from a different universe. Sorry? Extremis or Superior, one of the two where you can see his face. Right. Um, And... Yeah, so he basically, the superior Iron Man has an Iron Man suit that's powered by the Infinity Stones. Um, and he has like a like a universe of, or like not a universe, a, uh, he's got like an army of Iron, of Iron Man bots called the Iron Legion, um, which we saw in, uh, what movie was that? That was Age of Ultron, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, he just, he's just like Iron Man, but like to the next level of Iron also, Man, you know what I mean? To and get credence, just, to get uh, more credence to this rumor, there was also rumors when they were casting Iron Man that Tom Cruise was supposed to do it. But Tom no, Tom Cruise was signed on to be Iron Man back but, in the 90s. But he demanded that his face be visible. He didn't want to wear an, a, a mask. And, and in the Superior <laughs> Iron Man comics, in the Superior Iron Man comics, Iron Man does not wear a mask. He has like a no. tiara slash helmet outline. Yeah, um, it looks ridiculous. Um, Tom Cruise would fucking be like, yeah, I'll be Iron Man, but you got to see my face. <laughs> He's insane. <laughs> I listened back to that Tom Cruise episode and I really we we really skipped over his personality. We said we were going to talk about it and then we just don't. And I almost feel like we need to do a second like a sequel episode where we talk about Tom Cruise the man or something. <laughs> um yeah. So anyway, I kind of hope they do, but if they do that, I hope that they bring back Robert Downey Jr. Just, in some capacity because I don't want him to like take over the role. It, it definitely just feels like they're, they're just like with Spider Verse, just like with any, there's a lot happening in this trailer. I have no idea how it's all going to come together between yeah. Barrett well, Mordor, feels... between Evil Doctor Strange, between Wanda, between the multiverse, between I'm just like, what is this movie even about? <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit worried that it's just going to be like another sort of stepping stone rather than like an, its own movie. Its own story, its own yeah, standalone, right. Yeah, I don't know, but I, you know, I kind of hope that they bring in Superior Iron Man and make him a villain. That would be really sick. Because uh, Iron Man as a bad guy the is building a towards really like, good topic. I mean, I mean, one thing that we haven't really seen in the Marvel comic book universe is like, you know, the Justice League has multiple different evil versions of themselves versus the Injustice League or the the, the Justice Society, like all these different doppelgangers of themselves from different universes. We don't really see that in Marvel, and I wonder if they're building towards that. An evil Doctor Strange, an evil Iron Man, like bring in evil doppelgangers and have them fight an evil Avengers equivalent. Uh, yeah, would be a fun direction. I mean, that, that so I'm a bit so to quickly change topics here and and then move on from this trailer. Um, I'm 
I Marvel has got so much that they're setting up right now between Young Avengers, Thunderbolts, whatever the fuck this multiverse stuff is all doing with Loki and Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange, like, and then like they're they're trying to expand the cosmic stuff with like what they set up in Eternals. Like, there's so much going on that it's actually going to become like the same issue that the Marvel comics has is that there's just so much happening at any one time. There's like three different world ending events all currently happening in Marvel comics right now. Like it's, they're not even doing one big, like massive event. They're doing three separate events that everybody is having to deal. It's just, their stuff is too confusing to follow in the comics for me personally. Um, and I'm I'm afraid that they're gonna start doing that they're gonna they're getting they're reaching critical mass here and they're gonna ruin the industry by by putting too much on everyone's plates. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like they're expanding interdimensionally, cosmically, and then also locally. I mean, you get Kingpin back in the MCU, you've got Daredevil coming back. It's like all this different stuff that it's just like and Moon Knight and such that is expanding on that kind of gritty ground level superhero. And then you've got Guardians of the Galaxy with Doctor Strange. Like they just got like like the entire universe is just fucking pulling in four different directions. And I'm here for it. I'm I'm gonna see it all, but to casual fans, I think they're not gonna get the same level of reception that they did with such a cohesive singular storyline that they've kind of been following, which that's and I say singular cohesive storyline, and that's told over like twenty four different individual films. This is going to be told over much even larger, you know, TV shows. And oh, did you watch episode yeah. four of What If? And it also ties into you know Doctor Strange too. It's just like, come on. Um, I will say here to wrap up the Doctor Strange topic, uh, I'm a bit worried by like I was really excited when Sam Raimi was announced to take over this this movie, but we see how Sam Raimi. Uh, re- produces when he has too many characters and too many plot threads to do um in a movie and it, it's kind of stressing me out that, that this is uh his um let's move on to the next one you just brought him up uh, oh sorry brian did you have any thoughts on the doctor strange trailer my, my main stuff was as, my main yes. stuff was going to be about tom cruise um i am hoping he's more of a one-off guy than anything recurring so um, th- there's also something about Patrick Stewart I saw. Like, did we hear his voice? In yeah, the... we, we, we yeah, covered. So Patrick that's Stewart. what we were just. That's what we were just talking about. Um, you hear his voice. He says, "We should tell him the truth." I think. But I, I think... Uh, the reason why I brought that up again is because I think Patrick Stewart denied being involved or something. Yeah, he did. But so did Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah, <laughs> remember? That's fucked up. Remember that video where you were talking about? I finally found it uh, where they're like. Toby, Toby, are you in the new Spider-Man? No. Yeah. no. <laughs> he just keeps walking. <laughs> it's not like Andrew Garfield where he's like, it's Photoshop, mate. It's Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> Toby's just like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm just waiting to dive in on uh, Lord of the Rings. kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts there. Cool. Well, let's just quickly say Moon Knight, new trailer came out. I don't think this show looks very good, but I'll probably watch it. <laughs> Anyone else? I think it looks okay. I mean, it's it's. I think it'll be entertaining. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, like, I don't really care for it, but I'll watch I, it. I don't re- yeah, I don't really get what Oscar Isaac is doing with his voice. Um, they keep saying that it's just like one of the personalities. Uh, most exciting part of this so far is that image that they released of uh, Mr. Knight costume being in- included. Uh, I think that that's the coolest costume in comics, probably. <laughs> I think it just looks really good. Mostly suit. because it's just an all-white suit, and I'm a big fan of suits. Really shows um, the blood. Yeah, so I'm trying to save Lord of the Rings for last. So let's quickly just talk about Jurassic World. Any have anyone have any thoughts on Jurassic World? Fallen I was kind of stoked to see Dominion? Bringing Sorry, Alan Sam Grant Grant. back. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, 
I mean, you like had to know before. Sam Neill and uh, Ellie Sadler's, uh, what's her name, that actress? Fucking A. She's re- Laura Dern. Laura Dern, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kate, Kate, Laura Dern. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty stoked to hear that they're coming back. It looks like they're going to do some kind of weird thing where Chris uh, Pratt and him are kind of like, I don't know. Being the, the same, same guy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's, but, it's a little ridiculous with the concept of the last film. There was like ten dinosaurs that they released out into the world, and now it fast forwards like five years, and there's hundreds of dinosaurs that have repopulated. I, I highly know. recommend you guys go and find the short film that they made that I cannot remember yeah, what Jeff, it was called. Jeff, you have to know by now. Life uh, finds a way. Yeah. What are you talking about, Jeff? Oh yeah, um, Jeff Goldblum's back too. Yep. Yep. Cool. All three of them back together. That's yeah. pretty exciting, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm looking. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. I am. That last one was trash, but I will watch There's giant a point. dinosaurs go crazy. There's a point in the last <laughs> one where a dinosaur literally looked at the camera and winked before it murdered a person. He was winking to the other dinosaur that, behind the camera. I don't remember that, but I believe camera. it. Yeah, uh, it's, the, it's, the dinosaur running the it's camera. It's super, super <laughs> yeah. fucking. So what's up, baby? <laughs> uh, you didn't know that that was a documentary, Jeff? Um, there was a part in that movie where a little girl was a clone, so... It's crazy that you think that the the wink was the crazy part. <laughs> I mean, you got Deadpool meta humor in a fucking movie about dinosaurs. It's just stupid. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I really didn't like that one, but I will watch Dinosaurs Run Amok um, anytime you put it on anything. I'm. Yeah. There's, there's also so, a point where they get into like a server's tray thing that's supposed to take them from the second level to the first level, and they close it like milliseconds before the dinosaur smashes into it and this dinosaur like smashes head first into the wall and like doesn't break the wall <laughs> you know that 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 happens in the in the first one too right in Jurassic Park just keeps doesn't that happen in that I don't, I don't think so but anyway um, um, horrible Netflix film. released a preview of a bunch of shit that I didn't care about um, nope, Jordan Peele's newest movie. Brian, you've been on sort of a Jordan Peele tear lately, huh? Yeah, I watched, um, I don't know if I talked about it, but we watched Us. So you you texted us a couple, like, earlier this week, and you were like, hey, have either of you guys watched this? And both of us responded, nope. <laughs> Just kidding. We both responded. Yeah. We, not, none of us had. Yeah, um, so we saw Us, um, but I'll save that for recommendations. But yeah, cool. I was looking forward to Nope as well. Don't um, spoil just, us because I still do plan to watch it when when you talk about it. Um, okay. So Nope didn't really give us a lot of context. It kind of looks like it's an alien invasion horror film. Um, looks good. I, that's all I have to say about it, really. Anyone else have anything? No. Brian? Nope. No, nope. I'm looking forward to watching <laughs> it. Um, okay, cool. Uh, you know what? I will say something. I am... There were some things about us. Uh, us is good. There were some some things about it, like plot holes that he, I think, just allowed to be there, like he didn't even try to address them, kind of thing. And I'm hoping he doesn't do that again. <laughs> yeah, us definitely got um, lower reviews than. Yeah. Than, uh, there was just some stuff that were very obvious plot holes that he just, like, in order to make his story work, he just it very clearly just disregarded them and just didn't even bother. Like, and, and that to me, it was like. I uh, would have accepted some kind of half-assed attempt to explain this, you know, versus just completely ignoring it that, it, you know, whatever. Anyway. Interesting. Well, I'll yeah. watch it and then you and I can talk about it. Um, cool. Was there anything else that any other trailers that you guys remember? This list I have here kind of stops. Um, did we want to talk about the DC trailers that came out quickly? 
Uh, got a little bit Black, of footage for I the mean, Flash. Looks cool. Yep. Got a lot more footage for Black Adam. Black Adam looks very, very fun. I mean, I, I we've talked about this on Pod before, but this this film has been in the, the makings for like almost a decade now. Um, I think over a decade. But now, because yeah. Man of Steel was 2012, so it was after Man of Steel. It had been like 2013. Um, so I'd say just under a decade that that he was rumored to have been cast or officially casted as Black Adam. Um, but it looks fun. I. I think it's going to be a fun film. I'm excited to see Savage Hawkman on screen. Um, not crazy about Adam Smasher. Never really cared about his character, but it'll be a big dude. He's for... just not a very big character. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Uh, he's a huge character, but he's just not a very popular character, right. or like very widely used character. Um, all right, let's just talk about Lord of the Rings and get out of here. What do you guys think of this trailer? There's been like a bunch of problems. I don't know if you guys have been reading all the controversies online. Um, basically it ha- most of its comments are like a comment or like a uh, most of the comments on its YouTube um, page are um, are from a comment from Lord of the Rings that is like good cannot be created by evil or something like that um, basically a reference to how Amazon's an evil corporation and they can't make anything from Lord of the Rings good um, there's a lot of comments about how there's a dwarf woman and she does not have a beard, which is directly contradictory to the canon of Lord of the Rings. Um, a lot of issues coming out of it. Uh, did any of that ruin this for you guys or how are you guys feeling? Brian, go. Um, I am more optimistic than I think most people are. Like I, I saw the, the first picture stills that had released a few weeks back and it was yeah. just pure negativity in the comments on the on the picture stills and I was like like I think for me maybe I'm just feeling a sense of relief that we're not getting that super waxy looking uh, like Instagram filter over like what they did from the, the Hobbit, Hobbit. Yeah. yeah oh my god like and I, I wanted it to be like I remember being so excited in Star Wars when the you know the newest stretch of them felt like the old ones in the way that they shot it you know the the color palettes and the you know whatever filters they're using and like i remember watching the hobbit and being like why does everyone look so waxy and like you know like they have like these weird auras on their faces and shit like that it just looked like crap to me it just felt like this overproduction you know that wasn't necessary instead of sticking to the original look and this feels like that and therefore i'm just willing like if i see that they made that good of a uh, uh, or that decision well i'm i'm fine with keeping my mind open and just seeing how the show is um before i just don't understand i just don't understand why everybody is hating so hard already like yes amazon is not necessarily a good company but like they have not really put out a lot of misses in their big budget column you know what i mean like the boys got like a really good budget and is sure but the boys boys isn't isn't you know hollowed ground like this is i mean depending on who you talk to right that no as far as comics go the boys is no one's like number one favorite thing um sure whatever um you could say that if you want to but um i will i and i get that lord of the rings is difficult territory to tread but like how can you hate on this before an episode is even revealed like we haven't heard any dialogue like yeah but i just don't like there's so much vitriolic hatred coming out at this that is casting such a negative shadow before even the first episode has debuted i think people have this fear that like a bad show is going to somehow like tarnish the original movies and to be honest with you 
I hate the Hobbit movies. I think they're terrible. I don't hate... Like, it didn't ruin the original series for me. I just view them as separate. Like, I can just yeah. compartmentalize those things, and I don't think one impacts the other. Now, Game of Thrones, when they shit the bed on season eight, no, I can't really compartmentalize season one through four because it's the same storyline, and I can't go back and watch those knowing that they ruin the storyline later on. Like, I'm watching it, <laughs> and I'm like, what's the point of this? I don't, I'm not going to get I'm my probably answers. still going to rewatch Game of Thrones eventually. I don't hate it as much I've as I've thought you about do. it over and over again, and every time I just go, I can't do it. I can't. Because, like, I'm going to sit there and watch the White Walkers thing and just go, what's the fucking point of this? This is so stupid. You know what I mean? Like, all these scenes, we're not going to get answers for. But that's whatever. I digress there. But, like, with with the hobbit it's a standalone storyline so you can ruin the hobbit movies without ruining the original trilogy in my opinion so with this show it's the same thing where i'm like hopefully they put another great installment in there we get to more enjoy more of the world this also but either isn't, way it's not touching the original trilogy this isn't even in the same interpretation as the original trilogy right, right. it's not from peter jackson's universe it's a wholly different thing that is just based on this on similar source material it just it's it's ridiculous. Uh, the outcry online is very, very unfortunate and frustrating because, to be honest, I'm I'm really excited to get to live in Middle-earth. I finally finished The Witcher Season 2 this week, um, and I, uh, I, I've been starved for fantasy stuff, so I started watching a bad TV series to keep that going. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll say, I'll jump I don't know, in man. here. I'm excited. One, Go good, good use on the word vitriolic loved it i think this podcast could use more grandiloquence too um yeah i mean i i i want to watch it too I'm, I'm going to watch this show i i am excited for it i won't say that the trailer got me more excited for it if anything you know there wasn't a lot of content to it like we've already touched on so i i am excited to see the show when it comes out but there's something that they can do to combat the hate people just want to preserve this thing like i said this hollowed ground they want to put it in a box and never open it again and say it's perfect the way it is but other people want to expand on it and i'm i'm one of those people so i, I like, will say oh sorry go ahead, I, I i like the concept of taking things that are fun that are not complete and saying here's what else happened in that thing like i want more avatar content i want more avatar the last airbender specifically not james cameron's pocahontas um <laughs> uh, I, I want more we are getting more of that you know <laughs> we're getting more of both um, <laughs> but uh, anyway I, like the things that I like I want more of I want to live in that world longer I want more Invincible I want more Vox Machina I want more of these things I want them to continue to explore in, in each different directions that they can go and so I am like you said excited to revisit Middle Earth yeah I just don't I you know it's unfortunate but I'm, it's not going to stop me from being there day one I'm, now that being said if it's trash I'm going to say it's trash you know what I mean I'm not going to just yeah. like look at it with rose glasses I'm going to be critical of it but I'm hope I'm holding out hope that it's not bad you know um, so anyway I think so far what we've seen looks pretty good I'm interested to see where they take the universe and uh, yeah that's all I have to say about it I thought it was an okay trailer um, a good first taste to wet our, wet our appetites before it comes out in September. Um, cool. Let's move on to uh, what we've been reading, um, watching, or listening to. Jeff, what have you been doing? You got a lot or a little? I finished Elantris. So I am now, I would say, 98% caught up with the uh, Cosmere. I am now reading his um, 
companion novel called uh, The Arcanum Unbounded, which is basically a, uh, a university called like the Silverlight University that takes place on one of the planets that is observing all of the other systems and basically giving insight into each of his stories that take place in each of those planets. It's insane. He gives like unique physics about each of the different systems, like as if like the solar bodies around the suns and stuff. It's wild. Uh, Brandon Sanderson needs to chill. Um, and uh, anyway, so I'm reading through that. Uh, loving it and as soon as I finish that I have one final book which is Don Shard and and then I'm fully just twiddling my thumbs and probably going to have to do a reread of the entire Cosmere in order to fully grasp some of the things anyway uh, doing that as far as uh, TV shows keeping up with How I Met Your Father I'll admit at this point I'm accepting that it's not going to be as good as the original I still watch it got renewed for season 2 it's it's still entertaining I, I think it's okay certainly not on the same level as the original but i i think that you know maybe it can grow into its own um what else uh vox machina i am really enjoying it basically every friday they release three episodes they just released episodes uh 10 11 and 12 super fun big fan of D. &D. uh the, the show probably is one of the main reasons why i'm restarting my my D, D campaign um and yeah i i'm big into uh the animation, I, I like, you know, revisiting that world. I, I listened to uh, Critical Role, I think I've mentioned on Pod before. So, uh, what else? Uh, video games. I got a PS5 and upgraded my home media center to, to build around it so I wouldn't get a brand new 65 inch TV and rebuilt my bookshelf. Um, Jesus Christ, 65 inch. Yeah, I would have got 75 inch, but it wouldn't fit in the car. Um, anyway. I hate you. Um, so I, Your so apartment I, is smaller than my office. And you have, a, you have a bigger TV than anywhere in my house. Um, <laughs> so I, I started playing games that, you know, are, are fitting for that. So I got all the PS5 versions of the game. I started playing Cyberpunk again the other night. still not that great. Um, I heard that just, Cyberpunk is really good on PS5. It's, it's the only way that you can play it. There's still a lot of bugs. Like I got, I hit a car with my car and the car went flying like hundreds of feet in the air <laughs> in the first exactly. five minutes of playing. Like it's still got a ton of bugs. The game's never going to be great. Um, that sucks so bad, man. I was so, we talked about that game so the, much. The combat, we were. the combat is still a lot of fun. The combat is a glowing and like the mechanics the exploration there's still a lot of i never great even things. got into a fucking single point of combat because the game was so glitchy i couldn't do anything anyway, oh i'm like level ahead. 25 in the game it's fun um, keep talking uh i started playing wasteland 3 which is a turn-based uh strategy game where you and one of the people basically control six people i control three he controls three and you go out and do turn-based combat very fun game about post-apocalyptic it's the foundation very very popular um and it's it's technically wasteland one was the uh um inspiration for the fallout franchise um or so the creator claims um and i started the playing creator of fallout or the creator of wasteland well so so bethesda <laughs> bought wasteland and then oh, okay. and then stopped developing wasteland games and came out with this new game called fallout which is about a first person shooter walking mm. around a um Okay. Uh, a to Wasteland. And so then he had well, to go, go through this whole lawsuit to buy his rights back to self-publish Wasteland 2. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Um, and I started playing Nier Automata. This is the last recommendation I'll talk about. Nier Automata is a fun game. It's it's developed by Square Enix. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a lot about heavy, like Japanese-style uh, storytelling in this game. There is no automatic saving or quick saving. Basically, you are androids who uh, only exist... You know, you have a certain number of memories, and every time you make to a save point, what you're doing is you're uploading your your most recent memories 
to a database and then when your character dies what happens is your body is reformed and sent back to earth with the memories of the last time that you saved mm -hmm. and then you go back to your old body and you can claim kind of like dark souls your old body and your old weapons and stuff is um, it good it's entertaining it's it's a fun unique combat system where you have a combat droid that's kind of companion following you around that shoots projectiles so it's just shooting blasts while you're holding R1 and then you have light and heavy attacks with your melee weapons and you can have two melee weapons equipped and you can have multiple different fighting styles so you can have up to like four melee weapons at your command and you can upgrade your companion droid to shoot lasers instead of blasts and all these other kinds of like it's a very fun unique combat system that that drifts the line between a first person shooter and a, and a melee combatant those, those, those online the storytelling is phenomenal um, it's it's really really like a uh, remnant of a ghost in the shell and the whole concept of humanity what it means to be human um the, the 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 line between humanity and robotics and all of that so um it's nothing new the game's been out for like 10 years now um uh, but it is fun cool uh brian what have you been up to um less games more uh viewed content on my end i'm still working through my books i've finished my like all the audiobooks that i uh, have for um, the Stormlight Archives, and I've actually just restarted it because I'm just you still sitting at work every day. You finished so. Oathbringer? Yeah. Uh, oh, we got to talk about it. Not on Yes, block. yes, I believe so. But um, and so I just restarted back from the very beginning, and I'm just going right back through them. I just I don't retain as much specific detail on the audiobooks while working, so I I think I might just listen to them like five times, and maybe everything will stick. But um, and then just still working through Words of Radiance uh, via book. But what I was going to touch on for mine recommendations went down the documentary route the last uh, week or so um, watched Tinder Swindler on Netflix has anyone given that a shot yeah this is on my list too you want to talk about it real quick um, just quick just quick thoughts sure yeah Tinder Swindler um, like man crazy story I mean absolutely crazy story I, just for the, the quick summary for everyone uh, who hasn't seen it um, this uh, a couple of women find this guy that seems to be like this uh, diamond, uh, the heir to this diamond fortune, and he just like meets him on Tinder, uh, uh, Tinder, and just starts like whining and dining him, flying him places. Seems like he has all this money, he's living this extravagant lifestyle. But then after a while, the narrative starts to change. He he has things to start going wrong for him, and and suddenly he just needs them to you know just loan him a few bucks because his card's been you know something's wrong with his bank account a few ten thousand dollars yeah and, and he and just there. like basically he his strategy is he like woos them with his money and then um like finds ways to get get their money off of them and then you find out that he's been running well i'm not gonna ruin it but the point is is basically he's got Scam this con, he's got this con yeah. going and he's he's a nobody. He's not. He doesn't have any ties to the the Levi of Diamond Fortune. But anyway, I crazy crazy that it was a real thing. This was a very good documentary in that it starts and you're sort of like okay, like this is just moving. It's just moving, 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 move. Like it it they like they get you into the mindset of these women basically by just like hitting you. Like just everything just keeps moving and like there's just new 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 and then all of a sudden it's like turn. 
now I'm 200 I, I took out $250,000 in loans and gave it to this guy. Yeah, what the fuck? And he keeps saying he that he's paying me back but I haven't received a single dollar from him and then I reach out to the police and the police are like, "Oh yeah, he's a con artist. Yeah, been we've been We've yeah. been trying to crazy. get him for years and we never have been able to." And crazy, it's just crazy. like, "What the fuck? Yep. Like, this is so, so crazy." Definitely watch that one. That's a must watch. It's very entertaining. Um and just crazy that it's real. You know, that it actually happened and that this dude's actually still out there doing that stuff. Yeah, I, I thought this was a very effective documentary for what it was. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, go yep. ahead, Brian. Uh, I'll keep moving. Uh, similar theme. Uh, right after Tindler Swindler, we, we started hearing about Inventing Anna. Um, yep, this is on my list, too. Go ahead. So, so we've been uh, we've been watching it. I think I'm on episode five or six. Um and it's just another crazy one. It's just crazy the con that this person like that this person is seemingly playing. I, don't, I haven't even found out whether she's actually rich or not. Like I, I'm assuming that she's not, but it just like I don't know. There's just this crazy con that that you know people can like really really fool people into believing that they're people of status or wealth, and like and it helps create this fictional wealth. Like. It's just crazy the the kind of things that people can accomplish like just by creating a persona that people like just take at surface like you know value I guess and it's it's been highly entertaining so far um, and yeah we're just working our way through season one yeah um, the Anna Delvey story is definitely one that uh, has been on my radar for a long time I actually read the uh, Vanity Fair article I think it was when it first came out in like 2017 or 2018 or something like that um and then i heard that they were making this series about her and i have not yet che- checked it out but i was i've been planning to um but uh yeah cool uh so you're saying you're liking it so far brian enjoying it yeah did you finish it no i like i i it's on my radar i have not watched it yet ah um yeah so def- definitely uh definitely watch it it's been enjoyable um, the actress is the same actress from Ozark, Ozarks, I believe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, been enjoying it. Um, moving on here. Uh, yesterday, I had a little bit of time uh, to watch something by myself, just randomly, just kind of get an itch to watch uh, more documentary style stuff. And I watched The Alpinist. Uh, Alpinist? I don't know how to pronounce that word. But um, con- I never heard uh, that word. <laughs> it, it's about uh, Mark. Um, shit, what's his name? Mark Andre Leclerc. Um, who's a uh, mountain climber, just incredible, uh, for, uh, was known for free climbing, um, soloing, you know, it's hard to explain this um, without having a, a big background in mountain climbing, but typically uh, the two options you really have are like you can rappel and use rope and you work with a partner and you go up that way, it's a little bit safer, or you can do free climbing where you straight up just climb the mountain by yourself. Like you just go up and you might have uh, climbing hooks, but it's just straight up. You're not tied to anything, and if you fall, you're dead. Like depending on how high you are, obviously. But like, right. and this dude just starts like, he comes out of nowhere at like 23 years old and just starts like solo free climbing uh, some of the world's craziest climbs that like the best climbers in the world are like, wait, he free climbed that. And uh, what you find out is uh, there's this thing called on-siting, which is you don't do prior research on the climb itself. Most people do the, the research. Um, on try to create lines? Or on-site, what, what yeah, it, you like, like, you know, you work, your, work out your line and you have this whole plan and you research what other people have done and you go out there and you, you practice like stuff that's going to be like the big features of those climbs where you like do the bouldering stuff and you know exactly what to expect on each stage. 
uh, on sighting is you just show up and climb the mountain. So <laughs> it's it's as it's as pure a style as you can get, where you literally don't have a rope. It's just you, and you don't have a plan. You just climb a mountain. It's it's like the definition of fuck it. I can do that. Yeah, I, I'll climb <laughs> that mountain like, real quick. I'll be right back. Exactly. Yeah, I'll show up and just and do most it. people don't do it. Now on top of uh, Mark Andre doing that style of, of pure you know purest climbing, he also liked to do it in winter, which is really rare because it's much harder conditions. Uh, he said liked. <laughs> What? You said liked past tense, as in he's dead now. <laughs> There's definitely a, a rough twist at the end of this documentary. But anyway, yeah. uh, we don't need to get into that. Oh, okay. He might um, not be dead. But. Go, go watch it. Uh, incredible look into mountain climbing. Highly enjoyable. I was, What's it I called? was riveted the whole time. It's called the, the Alpinist. The Alpinist. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. That's it's in, very enjoyable. Um, and he's just a, a just a fascinating um, person. I mean, like no phones, no, like not plugged in. As a twenty three year old in in today's society, is just a very rare thing to find. And and uh, yeah, it's just super cool. Go watch it. Um, and then my last one is the Octopus Teacher, another documentary. I have not my finished. Octopus Teacher. Or my I literally octopus teacher. almost Sorry. watched this yesterday. Yeah, so I, was I like, am oh, watching. This it. looks really heavy. <laughs> I literally paused it to jump on this podcast. I'm like three quarters of the way through. Um, essentially, this guy was a document documentary filmmaker who grew up in South Africa, um, and he was kind of having this weird like a identity crisis where he wasn't enjoying his work anymore, and it was kind of like didn't want to be didn't want to handle a camera didn't want to do that stuff didn't know what to do with his life and then he started just like free diving in the atlantic ocean near his home and just like enjoying being among the the what they call the kelp forests over there which is just underwater like biomes that are just like it's just kelp is like protecting animals from like you know the open ocean and it just allows for a lot of abundant life under the ocean and he was just free diving down there and he came across this um octopus that was just uh displaying these very irregular traits of like extreme intelligence like and whereas a, normally an octopus wouldn't really give a fuck about you this octopus like was expressing like true interest in him and like wanting to forge a bond with him and he he basically just describes it as I just I can't explain it other than sometimes you just come across a creature that you know is like there's just something unique about it and he's like I couldn't get it out of my head I just started coming back and visiting this octopus every day and he just starts every day free diving and hanging out with this octopus and like building this relationship with it it's it's pretty incredible like in some of the shots he's got of this octopus displaying these interesting defensive you know traits you know and in different ways of communicating with him and like you know the way it shows trust in him uh, from right up from the get go is just it's pretty cool to see and get that kind of um, you know exposure to undersea life that you don't just don't get that look very often so um, yeah. really really cool documentary that I haven't finished yet so I mean it won best documentary uh, Academy Awards in last year and uh, it's been on my radar it's on my list on Netflix because it looks absolutely incredible. It also looks like it's going to end in a way that's going to make me cry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm bracing for it. Yeah, I, I just know how long octopus, uh, octopi live. Um, and it's not very long. So, <laughs> And I know that they're very intelligent. And I just am like, I just don't. 
this doesn't this doesn't have a happy ending this is just gonna be really sad <laughs> and so i just i haven't watched it because i don't really feel like crying um but yeah all right cool man um is that is that where we we are ending with you that's it yep that's what i got cool all right i got a movie that no one should watch mulholland drive by david lynch just gonna leave it at that don't watch it it's terrible <laughs> i watched fox machina um first four to five episodes didn't really like it but i can see why jeff would um so not gonna knock on it just saying it wasn't for me um watched finally caught up on witcher season two um i liked it i thought it was really good um i'm excited for witcher season three um after witcher season two i really wanted to watch some more fantasy stuff so i started watching merlin with or the adventures of merlin which is a bbc tv show from like 2006 or something like that uh it's pretty bad pretty low budget but uh, i'm fully invested in all the characters now and i'm probably gonna finish it <laughs> like two seasons in uh gonna keep going with that on, on my nights um i also watched uh tinder swindler um i also watched genius uh the Kanye West documentary it's uh the first third of it's like a trilogy so it's coming out week to week on Netflix um the first episode or the first installment released um very interesting to see basically when Kanye West was up and coming producer trying to make it um a friend of his from Chicago who was an up and coming documentary filmmaker was basically like hey I want to make a documentary about like you you making it and basically has been filming Kanye since Kanye wasn't con you know what I mean like before he was anybody um and then just has like eight hours of footage of Kanye West from the beginning of his career when he's just a beat maker trying to make it out of Chicago to now where he is now and um I'm a big fan of early days Kanye West um uh you know less so of his Instagram presence <laughs> as of late but you know big fan of his old um, music and just kind of like his drive to succeed and seeing um, this documentary of his early years and like how bad he wanted to make it. Um, it's really inspiring. Uh, it's kind of the stuff that made me really like Kanye West back then. Um, I think that he really approached music from a different uh, side of things and you can really see that he had that hunger to be great and uh, this docu this part of the documentary really charts that and uh, I highly recommend it. I'm interested to see where part two and three goes. Um, and then the other thing, which is my big thing that I've been looking forward to uh, all year <laughs> so far, Horizon Forbidden West released on Friday. And I bought it and downloaded it. And um, oh, for those who are wondering how Tyler was able to watch all of these things, because he never has time to watch anything. Your boy's got that Omicronic uh i got covid so i've been locked in a room alone uh away from my pregnant wife trying to make sure that she stays healthy um while i battle this this disease illness whatever you want to call it but uh yeah i've been basically playing horizon forbidden west all day today um and i'm about an hour and a half two hours into it really liking it so far there's a new mechanic where you uh you have a grappling hook that to be honest i'm not loving it i was really hoping that it was going to be more of like a batman thing where you can use it more strategically that's not the case uh, as of yet um but in any at any rate horizon uh, zero dawn was one of my favorite games of the last uh 10 years i'm stoked for this game to be out so far it is not disappointing it's really good um 
So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Otherwise, uh, anyone got any last-minute things to say before we wrap up the podcast? This might be our longest episode yet. Nope, that's it for me. Cool. I've uh, got at least 10 more recommendations. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, actually. I'm go kidding. ahead. I'm kidding. Get them out. No, go ahead. I'm just fucking with you. No, please. Please. Um, all right, great. Well, uh, did, what is your favorite Denzel Washington movie? What did you think of the trailers that we talked about from the Super Bowl? And of all of our recommendations, who just nailed it? Who watched all the best stuff? Uh, and why was it me? Um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, uh, you have to match with Jeff on Tinder and then uh, direct message him and uh and tell him um your thoughts if that is just uh, just uh, impossible for you to do um you can reach us on uh, G- uh, uh, uh at clever kids no sorry clever kids podcast at gmail.com or at clever kids pod on instagram uh we'd love to hear from you please be sure to rate us on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on and uh yeah thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next week Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys.